Welcome to the Compelling Words Podcast. The Word of God is meant to move us. It's meant to call us to action. Listen in as Kevin Purdy teaches and presents a genuine and compelling message from the Word of God. I've been speaking from the book of Colossians. It's the New Testament letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in the ancient city of Colossae. It was a church, if you remember, it was a church that was under pressure, a church being influenced into thinking that Jesus wasn't enough, that more than Jesus was necessary. They were being influenced away from a pure faith. In chapter one, Paul tells them that faith in Christ is all they need. They don't need Jesus plus anything Else, Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is everything. Then in chapter 2, he assures them that their debt has been paid. Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Savior. His death on the cross was a payment for our sin. The guilt and the punishment due because of our sin has been paid in full. And then in chapter 3, he tells them that in Christ, we are meant to live new lives. We take off the old sinful habits and we put on, we clothe ourselves with Christ-like qualities. We put to death the sinful habits and we clothe ourselves with Christ, with Christ-like qualities. We live according to God's will. We keep in step with his spirit. And then the final chapter. Chapter 4, that's what I'm talking about today. Chapter 4 can easily be seen in three sections. You have verse 1, verse 2 to 6, and then verse 7 through 18. Verse 1 is actually still connected with chapter 3. Verse 7 through 18, Paul passes along some personal greetings to the church from other friends. But before he does that, he wraps up this letter with his final thoughts, his final words. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 through 6 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. It's the last words of his letter. And Paul wants to encourage this church. But before I talk about what he encourages, let me ask two questions. Number one, where is your focus? Where's your focus? And then question number two, what opportunities are you anticipating? Maybe your focus is raising the kids. Maybe your focus is spoiling the grandkids. Maybe your focus is planning for retirement. Maybe your focus is a new job or a new house or a new project that you want to accomplish. Maybe the opportunity that you're anticipating is finally being able to to be done with your working career or being able to spend more time traveling or maybe it's the opportunity to learn something new that you're looking forward to or maybe it's an opportunity to make a purchase 
that you've been wanting to make for years. It's, it's fair to say that we can be focused on more than one thing. And we can anticipate several different opportunities. But in these final words to this church, Paul wraps up this letter with one focus and one opportunity. The focus is the message, the mystery of Christ. It's the gospel. And the opportunity is being able to share that gospel message. First, he says this. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. For Paul, prayer was most definitely not a trivial thing. Paul never would have said, all I can do is pray. He never would have just said, all I can do is pray. Because he knew that prayer is powerful. And that's why he said to be devoted to it. When you're devoted, it's not an occasional thing. When you're devoted, it's not a conditional thing. We don't only pray when we're in a bad condition. Being devoted to prayer means that it's a habit. It's a routine. It's a reflex. It's not something we let go of. We hold on to it. It's a constant. We earnestly continue and we keep on praying. Jesus once told a story, a parable about a very determined woman. It's found in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice, and quickly. Can you, can you hear what he's saying? Can you hear what he's saying here? If an unjust judge, if a judge who is not just, will give in to the persistence of this unrelenting woman, would not God, who is just, be more likely to listen and respond? Wouldn't God, who's fair and just and who cares for us, be more likely to respond to us than a judge, than someone who is not, does not care about us or isn't fair and just? Apparently, there's a type of bamboo in Asia that grows very tall, very fast. But before it breaks the ground and you can actually see it, the seed lies hidden, buried in the dirt, underground for up to five years. Those that grow and harvest this bamboo, they have to trust what they cannot see. They have to trust what is going on underneath the ground. When we pray, we need to trust what we might not be able to see. God is 
at work. God is at work. We stand the tallest and the strongest when we're on our knees in prayer. We stand the tallest and the strongest when we're on our knees in prayer. Because prayer is a humble thing. Prayer is recognizing that we need God. So Paul says, pray being watchful and thankful. But here's the question. When he says that, when he says pray being watchful, what are we watching for? There's some thought. There's some thought that when he says this, that he's talking about watching for Christ's return, watching for Jesus to return. Jesus explicitly said that there will be a day when he comes again. There'll be a day when he returns. So maybe that's what Paul meant when he said pray being watchful. The Bible does tell us to be ready for Christ's return. It could happen at any moment. But the actual word used in the context here, I think, means something a little bit more general. The word watch means to stay awake, to stay alert, to be vigilant. We are too often too vague and unfocused in prayer. When Paul says be watchful, be alert, be awake, be vigilant, he's calling us to be focused. What are you praying for? Is it God's mercy? Is it God's grace? Are you praying for his justice? Are you praying for God's purpose? Are you praying for the will of God? Are you praying for salvation for the lost? Are you praying in an attitude of worship, giving praise to God? Are are you praying for his spirit to shape who you are? Are you praying that God's spirit is reflected in your life? Are you praying to remain pure in a sinful in a sin-filled culture? Are you praying for protection from our enemies' efforts? Are you praying for the church for the body of Christ? Are you praying for the kingdom of God? When Paul says pray being watchful, Remember, he was focused on the message of Christ. He was encouraging the church to share the gospel. Are you praying for your opportunity to share the gospel? Are you praying for your opportunity to witness with your faith? Are you praying for your mission, for your opportunity to be the light, sharing the saving grace of God to people who are wandering in the darkness? My dad once told me a story about being on mission. He was serving in the Air Force, and he was in Vietnam. And he said that one night, he, he was on guard duty. Wasn't the first night, wasn't the only night he had ever served on guard duty. But he was watching the perimeter of the base. From where he was, there was an open field, and then a barbed wire fence, and then the jungle. He said that one night he was, that night he was getting really tired. And he doesn't know if he actually drifted asleep for just a moment or not. But all of a sudden there in the open field between that barbed wire fence and him, there was a deer. 
he suddenly saw a deer. It was just there. And just as easily, he kept thinking, just as easily as that deer appeared, it could have been a Viet Cong soldier. You better bet, you better bet that after that moment, he was awake. We need to be spiritually alert, awake, vigilant, not just on guard watching out for the enemy, but watching out for opportunity, living out our mission. Paul says to pray being watchful. He also says to pray being watchful and thankful. Being watchful, spiritually awake and aware goes hand in hand with being thankful. We want to share our faith because we are grateful that we are in the faith. I don't know about you, but sometimes, regrettably, sometimes I kind of act a little entitled to God's blessings. I I kind of think, well, I try to live right. I, I work hard. I'm a nice guy. So that means that God ought to bless me and God should take care of me. I shouldn't have difficulties and struggles. I don't deserve to go through something that's rough or difficult. I deserve better than that. See, I kind of feel entitled to God's care and God's blessings. We need to recognize, I need to recognize that we are saved by the blood of Jesus. Jesus took the guilt and the shame of our sin. He took the punishment for our sin. And we are forgiven and declared right with God only because of his grace. Ephesians 2 verse 4 through 8 says, Because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. I don't know about you, but I was taught that when I was given a gift, I was meant, it was meant for me to be thankful. I was taught to be thankful when a gift was given. God has given us a gift beyond anything we can measure. For God so loved the world, he gave his son. Does the world know that we are grateful? Does the world see a thankful attitude? Do do Christians seem grateful for salvation, knowing that it is only from the grace of God? Or does the world see a church that tends to act like we earn something? That's really not right. Really, every day, every day, I ought to be grateful for what God has given. I didn't achieve anything. I haven't earned God's favor. I haven't earned God's blessing. I haven't earned my salvation. It is nothing more than a gift of God. I don't deserve anything from God. 
The only thing I deserve from God is his justice. I deserve to be held accountable for rejecting him and rebelling against him with my attitudes and my actions. I deserve, I deserve, the only thing I deserve from God is to be punished because of my sin. But the gift of God is grace. The gift of God is grace. We are saved by grace through faith. Thank God for grace. Paul's last words to this church in Colossae was an encouragement to pray. Pray being watchful. Pray being thankful. And then he asked, pray for us. In this letter to this church, he said, pray for us. He asked the church to pray for an open door for the gospel. You see, Paul was all about the mission, faith in Christ. He asked the church to pray that they would be able to proclaim Jesus with clarity. He was mission focused. Even as he was encouraging this church, he was asking them to pray for his work for the gospel. And then he encouraged them this. He encouraged them to be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Be wise with how you act towards outsiders. Quick question. Who's an outsider? Quick answer. An outsider is anyone who isn't inside. An outsider is anyone who isn't an insider. You know, faith in Christ is often described as being in Christ. Romans 8.1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul is telling them to be wise in the way that they act towards someone who is not in Christ. In, in our language, we might say it like this. We might say, Christians... Be smart about how you act towards non-Christians. And then here's the way that he explains being wise. Here's his explanation of what it looks like to be wise. He says, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may have an answer for them. People all around us, people all around us, are watching. Maybe it's intentional or maybe it's unintentional. But we are a witness for Christ. People are watching. So either intentionally or unintentionally, we are being a witness for Christ. We wear his name. That's what Christian means. And we never know when we might have an open door opportunity to share the faith and speak the truth of Jesus to someone. So be cautious, be wise, be careful about what you say and what you do. Imagine you're out somewhere and you hear a young lady swearing at her kids. And it really bugs you. Maybe you give her a glare. You know, you kind of give her that little stare down glare. Or maybe you even are so bothered by this that you actually say something to her. Tell her to get her act together, to be a better mom. I get it. I feel it too. I've seen it. I've been witness to it. I feel that feeling. But then imagine that young lady gets to the end of her rope 
And she thinks, maybe I need God in my life. And she comes into church Sunday morning, and the first person she sees is you. After you just criticized her publicly in a store. Did that just mess up an opportunity? And, and more than that, even, even more than that, our life should never send a contradicting message that is different than our faith. Way too often, way too often, Christians don't talk or live much different than those outside of faith. I have heard people say, the only thing different with the Christians that I know is they go to church on Sunday. I would hope that the world around us, the people around us, see something much different than just where we go on Sunday mornings and what we do on Sunday mornings. Be careful. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity. In other words, use the moments that you have and be intentional. Find ways to bring faith into the conversation. Ask someone, would it be okay if I pray for you? Boy, that brings faith into the conversation right away. Don't be afraid to ask questions. What do you think about God? Do you think there's a heaven? Have you ever been part of a church? Have you ever made Jesus your Lord and Savior? Have you ever thought about being baptized into Christ? Let your conversation be full of grace, not judgment, but grace. We speak things that are spiritual, wholesome, fitting, kind, sensitive, purposeful, complimentary, gentle, truthful, loving, thoughtful. It's the attitude that's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, where it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Full of grace, seasoned with salt. Salt was used to preserve and to give flavor. Our conversation should be pure, preserving the faith. But our conversation should also have a little flavor to it. People should enjoy being around us. People should enjoy talking with us. It should be a pleasant experience. And hopefully, they'll want to talk with us more. And therefore, when they have questions about faith, they will enjoy hearing what we have to say. They'll listen to our answers. Think of Jesus. Especially like when the woman who was caught in adultery was brought before him. What, what did he tell her? He said, I don't condemn you. Grace. I don't condemn you. There was grace. And then he said, go and leave your life of sin. There's the salt. Preserving the faith, but yet a bitter and necessary truth. Jesus spoke truth with love. We should do the same thing. 
Let our conversation be filled with grace, seasoned with salt. Now the final 12 verses of this letter is very personal. Paul, names, Paul tells them the name of two men that he's sending to them. And he names six other people who are sending their greetings, passing along a greeting to the church. And then in verse 12, he mentions a man named Epaphras. And here's what he says about Epaphras. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you. I love, I love that description. I love that description of this man named Epaphras. It says he is always wrestling in prayer. In another translation, it says that he, he prays hard. The word used here is the Greek word agonizomai. It's the Greek word agonizomai. It's the root word for our English word agonize. The word means to struggle and to fight. It's used in the context of an athletic competition or a war or a battle. If we want more and more people, if we want more and more people, especially our family and our friends, to place their faith in Christ, we need to pray. And we need to pray hard. Pray and watch for the opportunity. Be intentional. Create and embrace the opportunities to share the faith. Let our conversation be filled with grace and seasoned with salt. Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is everything. Please take a moment to pray with me. God, give us that boldness. Give us that intentional attitude to make the most of the opportunities that are before us, to share our faith, to look for those moments where we can speak your truth, but speak it in truth, but with love. Help us to be on mission, focused on sharing you with those that we know. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a moment to rate this podcast. And if you'd like to leave a comment, please send an email to c.wordspodcast at gmail.com. May the word of God be living and active in your life.